week on Unsportsmanlike Conduct. The game didn't go Michigan's way again this year for the seventh straight year. Is Jim Harbaugh the answer for this program? One program that does seem to be going in the right direction for the Wolverines is the Michigan basketball program. They take down North Carolina, but on the other side of the state with the so-called basketball school, Michigan State struggled with Louisville and has two losses on the year. And then we'll talk about the Detroit Pistons to wrap it up and what they've been able to do lately with winning seven of their last nine. All that and more on Sportsmanlike Conduct. Next. And welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. My name is Andrew McDonald, and across from me, as usual, is Evan Petzold, the killer here this week, dropping a couple stories for you guys with uh, the Bonamago news and all the baseball news. Evan, how you doing? How, how you been holding up with all that stuff going on? Ain't no Woj bomb. <laughs> You're not a Woj bomb? What do you consider yourself, then? I don't know. I'm just a student. I just want to get a job. Hire me. Um, that's basically <laughs> it. No, Check out his portfolio. Get him a job. Actually, I need a job, too. I'm closer to graduating, but, you know. I would like one. We're not as good as Woj Bombs, but we're not like that bad either. No, though. we're not that bad. We're, we're okay. not that bad. We're decent here at CM Life. We break some things. We're kind of cool. All right. Anyway, talking about some other sports, I- I'm doing good if anybody cared. I mean, a lot of people care, but nevertheless. You're not doing as good as Jim Harbaugh. I'm definitely or not. Or John Bonamigo. I am definitely not doing. I am definitely doing a lot better than both of them right now. And, you know, talking about Harbaugh and what's going on, it- it- it's hard to really put this game into words between Ohio State and Michigan just because. Okay, a couple years ago they played, and that game was big in 2016. I remember both teams were still trying to get in the playoffs. So you can make the argument that, that game was just as big. But since the 1-2 and two game in 2006, I, or 2008, I can't really think of – I think maybe it was 06. It was 06. I can't think of a better, like, scenario um, right now or a better scenario that Michigan had to win this game. I mean, Ohio State has struggled all season against teams they weren't supposed to win against. I mean, Penn State was probably the last time they showed – any kind of urgency to come back and get a win against a quote-unquote good team or considered a good team, you know, by the top 25 poll. And oh, Michigan looked like world breakers. You know, no, no one could stop them. They were beating everybody. They were shutting down every defense they played against. I mean, Indiana was the one team that did a little bit to them and gave them a little bit of a scare. But other than that, I mean, they dominated since the beginning of the season. And you know, other than Notre Dame. And then they come in this game, and you think, you know, they're favored for the first time since I forget what year it was, but been forever over 10 years for sure since Michigan's been favored in this game period I mean they haven't won in Columbus since 2000 so I said last week kind of still scared me and obviously it got to him because Michigan lost this game 62 to 39 it was another game where Jim Harbaugh in a big game for whatever reason unlike he did at Stanford and San Francisco failed to draw up big plays failed to do anything differently just ran the same exact crap that he's ran all season long when it wasn't working Against a good team, he didn't do it, and their defense completely faltered. I mean, yeah, a couple of the touchdowns were one of them was off an interception Patterson threw, another one was a blocked punt, so it's not like it all went on the defense. But nevertheless, 62 points on the board, it's ridiculous. The only stops that Michigan got in this game was off of penalties. I mean, really, the only times they really got off the field were off of penalties. It was the two holding calls in the first half that brought back plays that would have been basically first downs, gave Michigan an extra advantage in yards, they got off the field, and then in the second half, to start the second half, Urban Meyer got a unsportsmanlike conduct called against them which brought him back 15 yards, Michigan got off the field. Other than that, they could not stop Ohio State. I mean, they seriously could not. The crossing patterns were, I mean, if you were a Michigan fan, it was gross to watch. I mean, seriously, you, you couldn't stand it. Urban Meyer, even in a year when he doesn't have the same amount of talent, he, he or not maybe not as good a talent coming in or that looked like it, a bunch of struggles, he still could come up with a game plan that absolutely destroyed Jim Harbaugh, and he had no answer for it. Once again, he's 0-4 in this game. 
And it's at this point where, Evan, if you're looking at this Michigan football program, can you really believe that they're going to be anything or compete with anybody that's in an elite level, plays at a championship level, until they win this game? No. No way. I mean, here, here's what it comes down to. I mean, you you understand the process to get into the college football playoffs, don't you? Yes. I mean, do do you really understand it? If you are a team like Michigan, if you're Ohio State, I mean, you know what? I don't really give a damn who you are. If you're in the Big Ten, you got to win the Big Ten championship game to get in. Yeah. And the only way that you're ever going to prove yourself as a national threat consistently, remember that word consistently, the only way you can do that is if you beat the best. And I'm sorry, Ohio State's not the best. They're not. They're just not. Alabama is one of the best. Yeah. That is your the best. You know, what about Georgia? Georgia is up there as well. Oklahoma, they are in the mix as well. Clemson is in there as well. Those are your schools that are, air quoted, the best. And you talk about being relevant and being a team that's able to say, yes, we are one of the best in the nation. You, you, you can't, Michigan. Yeah. Okay, Michigan, you can't say that you're one of the best, the leaders and the best. No, 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 <laughs> you're not. You're not up there like that because you can't even get there. But you're saying you Ohio State isn't get there. I don't think Ohio. I think Ohio State is just below that that tier. That's but, fair. But nonetheless, but nonetheless, fair, you guess. can't beat Ohio State anyway. So it's not like you're going to have a chance to get to that top tier. That Alabama, the Alabama, the Clemson, the Georgia. Those are the teams that are that are the teams. I mean, those are that, that is what be, you yeah. want to be, right? That is saying, those yeah. teams you want to take down to prove yourself as a team that's going to be able to compete year in and year out. And Michigan can't even get past the team that's that's right below that. Yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of the point. And they can't even make them competitive. Yeah, and and that that's the sad thing. So I think yeah, I mean until they beat Ohio State, they're never going to be able to be one of the best in the nation again. And it's just not happening. It, I mean, and a lot a lot of it to me, I mean, it's it's hard to like just blame it all on Jim Harbaugh, but. I mean, seriously, Evan, I, you watch this game, and it's like they just never switched anything up. They just kept playing the same exact way. I mean, not that the defensive adjustments are on him. Those should have been on Don Brown. But offensively, it's like you watch him at any other place he was at, and he switched up plays. He made things different. He made just different offenses and more exciting plays than he does at Michigan. For some reason, it's like he can't change it up. No matter what the point is in the game, he just sticks to the game plan and goes the same way no matter what. I mean, this entire game, even when they were down, they just ran the offense the same way. And it's hilarious to me because any time that Michigan, I know it's against Prevent or they're maybe not playing as hard because they have a big lead, but any time that Michigan plays with a faster pace or they get up to the line quicker and play, Patterson plays so much better because he gets in a rhythm. And it's like all game when it wasn't working, they just kept doing the same thing. They come out of the field. And the only reason they even got back in this game is because they were given a gift with a, a, a fumbled yeah. kick return and one good drive out of Patterson. What what do they do, Andy? I mean, what do they do every time they come out in the field that, that irks you so much, I guess? That's that's the question. What What is their okay, four down? No, no, what, I, what is their, no, I'm not asking you like saying that you don't know. I know you know. Oh, I know. So what I'm bugs asking, me? Let's hear Michigan it. football. Rip, rip man. Rip it's on. handing the ball off every single freaking first down. It's knowing what they're going to do every single time. Every time the Quran Higdon comes in the game and he starts off the drive, you know exactly what play Michigan's going to run. There's there's absolutely no other thing they're going to do besides hand it off the middle. When they do that time and time again, and like, okay, sure, it might have worked the first play. It got him eight yards. It got him 16 yards, whatever it is. The next play, they'll do the same exact damn thing when eight people are in the box. That is like the one thing I can just not stand about Jim Harbaugh's offense that they do that consistently. The other thing is, 
all season they're taking shots downfield against teams that, like that they think that they can. They think that their receivers can beat them. Nico Collins made two over-the-shoulder catches in this game that looked phenomenal. Donovan Peoples-Jones has proved he's a guy that can make downfield catches. Where was it? I mean, where was it in this game? You hit the nail on the head. I mean, where, that's the point where too, was though. it? Hang where on, where hang was on. But anything you remember before, different? I know. The point also is Ohio State, I mean, they are one of the worst in the nation. I mean, we're talking like they're 130 NCAA, FBS, Division I teams, and wait, (laughs) and they are one of the worst. They are, like, at the bottom. I mean, we're talking, like, down with, like, the CMUs and the UConns. Like, that that is where Ohio State is when it comes down to protecting the long ball. You air it out against them, and you beat them. Yeah. And that happened over and over and over again this season. They got plenty of pass interferences when they did do it. Look at how many times they've given up big points to teams. I mean, mean, they they gave up 49 to Purdue. (laughs) Nebraska scored 31. On Ohio State, Maryland scored 51 overtime. points. I don't care if it was an overtime. The fact that Maryland had 51 on that team, that's not good. That is not good but, but here we at go. all. No, 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 and that's the point, though. Indiana had 26. I get they're a good defense, but you know what? Shut them down. I understand that Indiana has a good offense, but... Yeah, okay, my, my, my thing is right now... The point is all these teams could air it out against Ohio State, but Michigan chose not to yeah, do they, it. Yeah, they chose not to do it, exactly. The they didn't do it. And, okay, we're ripping on their offense. Yes, there's plenty of mistakes there, but in reality, okay, Michigan scores 39 points in this game, right? But in, in reality, I mean, okay, a, Joel, a stupid Joel Milton touchdown at the end of the game and whatever else, those didn't matter. Michigan essentially scored, I think, 28 points, you could probably say, in this game around there. I, f- I forget what it was exactly. I still would have thought around they there. would win. There you go. You took the words right out of my mouth. With the defense that Michigan had coming in this game against Ohio State, like that many points should have been enough to get them to win. Your you defense can say, is number one in the nation, and your specialty is pass protection, and you give up 398 yards. Yeah, and, Sh- and sure, Shea Patterson did not look the greatest. He he made a lot of mistakes in this game. He threw behind people all day long. Like There were plenty of mistakes, but at the end of the day, with Michigan's defense, I mean, come on, man. Why Why in the hell could they not stop him at all? Why was there no – Don Brown is this mad scientist on defense. Why were there zero adjustments made to stop him? Maybe Michigan just can't keep up with the speed. Maybe they couldn't do it, and they had absolutely no – because they played the same way all season and it dominated. Maybe there was no simple solution, and I'm sure that's really the reason why. But nevertheless, you got to be more prepared after what Indiana did to you the week before. I mean, Ohio State literally took a page out of their book and said, we're a better offense. We have more speed than Indiana does. We're just going to beat them that way. And they literally did that, man. I mean, I said, I, I, I texting people, talking to people during that game, Michigan would get a, a, a two-yard run stop or whatever it might have been on, on a first down. Next play, I'd say, it doesn't matter. It's just going to throw a crossing route. And it would happen. And it would go for 25 yards. They did, I mean, if you went back and watched the film in that game, I guarantee they completed 10 crossing patterns that you run in fifth grade football. I guarantee it. You, you and Michigan could like, not stop. Well, hang it. on. You have a guy like Paris Campbell too from Ohio State, a wide receiver, right? He has six receptions for one hundred ninety-two <laughs> yards. yards. What the hell? I dude, it's 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 un it's unbelievable. It's literally unbelievable that they played at five hundred and sixty-seven total yards for Ohio State. Michigan put up four hundred and one. I mean, half of them were skewed because again, they just played against prevent defense at the end of the game. But still, I mean, they had opportunities. They were giving gifts to come back and still win this game. And even the start of the game, the whole last week against Indiana, they kicked six field goals. And I said, coming into this game, you can't do that with Ohio State. You can't trade field goals. 
First two drives, Michigan easily could have had a 14 to 7 lead in this game. What'd they do? Stall out in the red zone, kick Big two Moody. field goals. It sucks though, because that's that screws you in a game like this. You have to finish with touchdowns. And out of nowhere, I mean the whole season the red zone was not the problem. Out of nowhere they falter and can't score a touchdown. Sean McCune or yeah, Sean McCune. What the hell, man? I mean, the guy looks great all year, and then the biggest that game is chokes, pass. and he, like, he dropped multiple passes in this game. Shea Patterson looks good most of the year. Sure, he threw a couple passes behind people, but overall threw a lot of good passes. Time and time again, when they needed plays to get back in this game, their defense wasn't showing up for him. He threw behind people. He he missed passes. He made bad plays. He threw an absolute arrogant interception. I mean, it made no sense. Like It's just like oh, Michigan gets in this game, and I think it's a mental thing. I truly think it's a mental thing. They don't know how to beat Ohio State. They don't know how to do it. And I and I don't see it changing until Urban Meyer retires. I don't. Or until he leaves. Whatever you it might be. You hear that, people? I I am Urban done. Urban owns them. I'm done. I, I tried to give Michigan everything I could this year. I There was no choice but for anybody to be upbeat about this program because of the way they played. And it's not there. It's not a championship-level program. Don't call it a championship-level program because it's not. Michigan is not there. They're not even close, you know what in you my gotta, opinion. You know what you have to do? Not even close. Well, did you know that? Believe it or not, I don't know if you knew this or not, Andy, but to be a championship program, you actually have to win, win championships. championships. Did you know that or no? <laughs> Usually that's how it works. I, I mean, I thought so. This program rides its past so hard, and they take so much pride in it, and for good reason, because it is a great football program. They deserve to take some I'm not, pride. I'm not, I'm not shitting on a 10-2 and two record. It's it, That's good. You know, you go 10-2, and two, that's, a, that's a great record, okay? But the only two losses you have, and you want to be considered this team that's championship caliber and has a program that can compete for it when you're talking to recruits or whatever else, they lost to Notre Dame that's in the playoff, and they lost to Ohio State that has a dang good shot of still making the playoff. You can't do that. If you're going to consider yourself a good team, you're a mediocre program. They're a mediocre program. They've been that way for years. And this is coming from a guy that doesn't have anything against Michigan. I don't hate them. I don't have anything against them. They just don't. Put it on the field. They don't win games and they have to, and they disappoint us. Urban Meyer time and time again as, owns as reporters. Jim Harbaugh. He does. He owns Jim Harbaugh. He hangs out in his backyard, swims in his pool, eats his food, <laughs> drinks out of his cups, you know, uses utensils at the dinner table. He Look, owns I, him. I'll say it, man. Like Mark D'Antonio and Jim Harbaugh. In my opinion, Jim Harbaugh should be 4 0 in that rivalry. And I think a couple games really went the wrong way for him. He's 2 and 2 either way. But a blocked punt at the end of the game, yeah, yeah, okay, Michigan State fans, you can say what you want, but that's just, that's the worst, that's the worst credibility win to give to somebody because it was the dumbest play of the game to get it on. And then a couple years ago, the conditions were horrible, and they're trying to come back. I'm not going to get into it, but I'm just saying overall, I think Jim Harbaugh has coached better in all of those games in an overall fashion than Mark Antonio has against them. I would say that because at least three out of the four, Michigan should have won. They're two and two. I think they definitely should have won the first meeting between the two. So and he and he outcoached them all game. It was just a block punt that screwed him at the end of the game. So right there, I give him the edge in that rivalry against Penn State. Jim Harbaugh's got him. He had a bad year last year where he didn't have a quarterback, but against James Franklin, he's blown him out the other two times he's played him. Hasn't even been close when he's actually had the talent to be able to do it and hasn't had a bunch of injuries. But that Rutgers rivalry though, <laughs> yeah, it's Rutgers. What 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 about Rutgers? What I don't know. I'm just messing with you. Uh, yeah, and, and then keep Wisconsin, going. Wisconsin, keep going. Wisconsin would be the only team you consider, right? To say that they're that good or they're they're a team that's a a, a Big Ten competitor. They made it to the championship game plenty of times. Michigan has their number as well, two and one against them. I mean Harbaugh or Harbaugh has his number against them, two and one. But you can't beat the one that he has to beat. That's the most important. I mean everybody in the state of Michigan knows it. You have to beat Ohio State. That's literally the game that you can 
win, and it'll just keep your job. But it's not just Harbaugh. It's 14 of the last 15 years, man. It's not a rivalry. It's not. And not until Michigan decides they want to win another game in it. It's it is horrible. Someone has to step up for that program and make the right move. And I'm not saying go fire Jim Harbaugh because that'd be the stupidest thing you could do to me. They could go win this bowl game if they finish 11 and two. Which I'm not saying they will. God, God damn knows they might still lose. But if they if they do go win that bowl game, he absolutely should keep his job. But when it comes to you know the last the the last game and you can't win it, Harbaugh needs to look at himself and say, Am I going to be able to take this program in the right direction to be able to win that game? Because yeah, man. Who's going to do it? No, I mean. I mean, yeah, I think you're 100% right. I think you just have to take it uh, a look at things and say, you know, is is Jim Harbaugh really like the future of this program, right? And that's kind of the question, Andy. And I know, you know, you're you're kind of breaking it down the ins and outs of Harbaugh and what he's been able to do against all these other teams. But is is he the guy? Like, I mean, what what is this? Like, what is the state of Michigan's program right now? What do you see for them next year, the year after? What do you see for Harbaugh's future? I mean, what? What's going on I'll here, tell you man? What I see. What's going on? Not a lot of wins. I don't see a lot of wins in Michigan future against anybody that matters, and that's the problem. Because what has Jim Harbaugh shown me? What has he shown me on paper that is going to get them wins in big games? Recruits, maybe. None of that matters to me. Exactly. None of that matters to me. Nothing matters to me besides wins. I don't think it matters to anybody that watches Michigan football. I think they're fed up with the guy, and I think they have every right to be because this guy was chosen. He was picked. He was supposed to be the person to get him there, and. I'm sick of the excuse after the game of, we're just going to work harder next week. Oh, my God, barf, dude. You might as well work harder the next year. I mean, you might as well work harder. I don't I don't know when. I mean, I, it, it really is frustrating because when you watch this team and you watch them play in the state the way they do, it's just it's hard to, it's hard to really come to grips with it and be okay with it because the media still takes this guy as, you know, I mean, some people don't, some people do. There's plenty of people out there that still call him a good coach, say he's great, and whatever else. Not in my opinion. So Michigan basketball with a huge win over North Carolina, 84-67 <laughs> on Wednesday. Right there. <laughs> you ended in on a note that I can't match. I so. mean, yeah, there's really really nothing else to say about football. But, but I mean, come on now. 7-0, maize and blue. John Beeline. Here's your difference with these two programs, okay? Oh, here we go. John Beeline knows how to show up and play in a big game. Yeah, Evan. I mean, you can you can roll your eyes at me, whatever you want to say. I mean, seriously, and, and it is what it is. Let this year, okay? Villanova. That's a team that blew Michigan out last year in the championship. First game against them in their new home stadium on the road, and Michigan blows the door off them. Last year, they played against North Carolina, a, a team that's good every single season. I don't care who the, who the hell is in that roster; they're always good under Roy Williams. Michigan handled that team last night. They fell down twenty-one, I think, to eleven. It was in, in the first half of that game. And what do they do? They respond by going on a 14-3 to run, take a lead, and they don't look back. They just keep going, keep getting harder with it. It's it's more and more impressive to me every single time that Michigan takes the floor this year because I just don't know when they're actually going to lose. Like you, you almost expect them to just win against these good teams and these ranked teams. It's, it's, it's very impressive to me um, from a standpoint. It doesn't stop. they got to play Purdue this weekend. They're going to get a test right away again. But this put Michigan on the map. If Villanova didn't already – this game put Iggy Brasdikas, this game put, you know, Charles Matthews, who's clearly, you know, even better than we thought he would be to start this year. It's impossible to predict that Michigan was going to be this good this early in the season in basketball, and they're just looking phenomenal, man. They're looking phenomenal. They look good. I mean, real good. You watched that game last night and the way that they were able to to do what they did. I mean, let, let's just talk for a second. I mean, you look at 
you look at Braz Dykes, whether he's able to go in there, split the D with a spin move, finished you know, with contact. Xavier Simpson, he went in and he he drove split two defenders and went in there and, and just just laid it in strong. And it wasn't like a like a weak flip shot. No, he went up there and he, he put it in strong. You look yep. at Jordan Poole with his swagger, hitting a shot, struggling in the, the game, first half, and then coming back and playing the way he did. But hitting hitting a shot if you're Jordan Poole with 25 seconds left. It, doesn't mean anything, but you just pull up from deep because why not, and you knock it down. That's something that this Michigan team has that I don't know if they had last year. Honestly, I think they might be better this year than last year. Just the way and that they play, is crazy the to say. that they have, Evan, that is, the swagger that they rock with. It's crazy to say because they lost Mo Wagner. They lost Duncan Robinson. They lost Muhammad Ali Abdul-Rahman. These were guys that were key pieces. This was more than half of Michigan's offense, folks. And they're dominating teams that they couldn't even touch at the I mean the end of last year or the start. They couldn't they got blown out by North Carolina and they got murdered by Villanova in the championship game. They're a different team right now. They're 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 looking very good and their defensive clamps is which is so great. They dominate people, they don't let them score on them. I mean, they get mad when a team shoots over whatever percent. Against Providence, North Carolina, and Villanova, none of those teams shot over 40%. From the field against Michigan. And North Carolina is a team that you're talking about was borderline top. I mean, one of the best offense. I think they were definitely in the top three. I don't know if they were number one or if they're number two, but they were right in the top for scores or points per game coming in this game. They looked like they had one of the best offenses in the country once again. Impossible to stop. Michigan holds them to 67 points. They shoot 34% from the field. Michigan themselves on the other end, they're only averaging 70 points per game coming into this. They score 84. They shoot 57% from the field. It's unbelievable, and the thing the thing that really just drives me about this team is like it's almost like they're. And I don't want to get any more revenge tour crap coming out. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying that this team still feels the people that are left on it, the Charles Matthews, the Xavier Simpson, you know, those guys. They remember what it felt like to lose in that game then the last season, and they're they're letting it all out right now. I mean, when when people talk crap to them and get up in their face, they give it right back, and then they prove it on the court. I mean. Last night there was a little a little bit of bumping and shoving, and Xavier Simpson got kind of angry with whoever he's playing against, like he does. And he he it's just so much fun to watch him play because he gets in people's heads and he and he makes them talk crap to him, and it just never benefits well for him because Michigan mm-hmm. feeds off it and they play better. I mean, after that little that little altercation last night, where they all kind of got up in each other's face, the ref had to break it up. Matthews gets a dunk and an and one. The next possession he gets a block. Inbound pass. Teske gets a block. Next possession, or Xavier Simpson, and one. Possession after that, and one from Ignis Prestigas. Like, it was just a show after that. Like, it's like if you make them mad and you give them a reason to play harder and not stop on you, Michigan just feeds off of it. And I, any team that, I, that plays against them in the country, I suggest you don't do that. You just go out there and play your game because if you give them a reason that they got to go out there and play even harder enough, they're not already doing that. They're not going to be. They're going to be relentless. They're not going to stop, and they have the ability to do it because the one thing that is different about this Michigan basketball team from other teams that John Beeline's had is that they have three players in that floor: and Ignis Brezdikas, Charles Matthews, <laughs> sorry, and Jordan Poole, that can create their own shot whenever they want. I mean, they can they can get on the floor. They can they can make a play at the end of the shot clock. They can get to the rim and slash. And Charles Matthews has got even better shooting threes. Brezdikas showing that he has it. They can create shots. Michigan has not had that as much in the past. You could say maybe Muhammad Ali Abdul Rockman was the guy that could do it for him last year, but he wasn't always as effective. Mm-hmm. Michigan has three guys that can do it right now. Well, I think even looking at Michigan's bigs in general, I think John Teske is oh man a better thirty four minutes last night, Evan. Hang on, I think he's a better true big man 
than Mo Wagner. Well, yes, as a big man, yes, and, and defensively. And who did Michigan have as a big man last year? Anybody? I mean, it was just it was technically Wagner. I mean, that's the way that Michigan played their really, system. But he's not really a true big he man, got, is he? He got better on defense, but he's still. But struggled. it's different though because Teske now is is Michigan's. I mean, he's their true. He's their first real like true big man, big man in a yeah. while. Yeah, like, for that, sure. That is huge, and that's a game changer. I mean, when DJ you take Wilson, like I that, guess, was technically no, no. He was a forward, lengthy. It's not the same. <laughs> It's not the same. True, I mean, this guy true. is an absolute beast. He's a hoss. He's an animal. He is a, a rim protector at all costs. That dive, Teske doesn't pull out and, and shoot threes like DJ Wilson would or Wagner he would. Can't shoot three. But he's not going to take you and, and go behind the back and, and cut between two defenders and go lay it in like Wilson would yeah. or like Wagner did against Michigan State's you know, Nick Ward. Not like that. He is a pure rim protector. He's a guy inside that can that can go up and catch anything and score. He's a different type of post player, and man, man, is it going to benefit Michigan. I mean, man, is that going to be nice. Having a guy like that all season long that's going to be producing what he's been able to produce, it, it's it's going to make the team a whole lot better, I think, than they were last year. No, for sure. I, Evan, that's a, that's a great point because John Teske's a guy who didn't show up in the stat sheet last night, but that play that he made for the end of the half where he dove on the floor, saved it from going out of bounds, got it up court to Charles Matthews. He kicked it to Jordan Poole in the corner, and he hit the three right for the half that gave Michigan the five-point lead, or four-point lead. Sorry, correction. The, that that was the kind of play that sparked them and gave them something before the half that kind of took them into the second half. He was all, I mean, other than the five blocks he got last night, which were phenomenal as well, he was all the floor. I mean, his defensive presence inside stops people. This team just has an art of playing defense that we have never seen under John Beeline. I mean, it started to show last year they were very dedicated to their defense and very good at it. This year they literally pride themselves on it, and that is that is what this team does. And I think the other biggest takeaway from last night was Ignis Brasdikas. If you didn't know who he was at the Villanova, he scored 24 points to lead Michigan last night. The great the great writer in the state of Michigan, Brendan Quinn, had a story that he did earlier this year on Brasdikas about oh, it was Ignis Brasdikas versus the world, a guy that you know comes from Canada and didn't really get – you know, to be the be the all star recruit, but he said in that in that story, he said that you know if I don't show up in big games, who am I? You know, what are you really as a player if you don't show up in big games? And he's done it in both the games that he's had to do it and talk the talk. He's got that Nick Stauskas vibe to him, and I, I'm not just saying because he's from Canada and everything else. I'm just saying it because that's what he has. Like he has that swagger that says, I don't care if I mess up a hundred times, like I'm seriously gonna keep coming at you and I'm gonna have that kind of attitude to beat you. But it's a, it's a it's a swagger. It yeah. is. It, it truly is and it's something that Michigan has and I don't know, man. I mean they they're up there. You want to take a look at, you know, the college basketball rankings right now and, and ahead of Michigan currently, new rankings haven't gone out yet since since the win. But Tennessee, Nevada, Virginia, Duke, Kansas, Gonzaga, I mean, is Michigan the most complete team other than Duke? You uh, trying to quote my tweet? I'm asking I you. Like, <laughs> I want to hear backup. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I did. Uh, yeah, um, no. When it comes to that, um, I just uh, I look at it and I look at Duke and simply the players that they have on that team. Um, they're just kind of hard to beat. I, I don't know if Michigan could compete with a team like that simply just because of the size of a guy like Zion Williams and everything else. I mean, they just they have they have so many players that are so big that I just think they're a better team than Michigan right now. I I, st- I still think that. I know it's hard to say, but. Outside of Duke, I would say Michigan is the most complete team in the country. Yes, I think that they have it on def- defense and offense. There's not a team more efficient than them in the country, and they've done it against two teams that are better than what most people have beat in the country. Those might be the two best wins in the country right now as, as far as RPI goes. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I find it hard to believe anyone's better than Michigan. I can tell you one thing right now, and this isn't a to just take a jab. They're definitely better than that other team in the state right now. 
I can tell you that much because let's go bring it. Tom Izzo, I you know I I I want to give them credit. I mean, again, dude, like okay, you can you can call me a Michigan slappy or whatever you want to say, but coming the year again, I just I said that Michigan State is probably gonna be the team to win the Big Ten. I mean, it's on paper. I did it for football guys and I did it for basketball, and I didn't just do it because I wanted to make you guys happy. I did it because that's that's what I believe. I think that Michigan State is the the best. I thought they were the best team in the Big Ten. We got more recruits, that they had enough coming back with Winston and Langford up top, that they'd be able to get more of a team vibe going on without guys like Miles Bridges and stuff in there. No real huge names this year. Kind of thought they'd be able to get that. And here we are, 5-2, and two, second loss of the night in the ACC Challenge. And on the road, I mean, okay, yes, Louisville isn't like an easy place to win at. It's a, no, it's a historic but... basketball program. They've been good. But again, they had the lead at one point going before regulation was going to end and they get a turnover and they give it back to Louisville and they tie the game. They go to overtime and they lose 82 to 78. And it's just another one of those games where you're looking at it and you're like, yeah, you got 15 points from Langford and you know, you had good efforts from other people, but it's just like no one takes over for this team when they need it the most. And it, it's been that way for the past couple of years. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the, I'm sick of the every year that Michigan state is, I, I'm not trying to, you know, go with the whole respect thing from football, Michigan state towards Michigan or whatever it might be. It's just like every year it seems, you know, that Michigan just doesn't get the, the kind of credit that they deserve. And, I, I, you know, being honest, I didn't expect Michigan to be this good either. I, like I said, I picked Michigan State. But it's just like you look at it right now and this program, it's just where, where are they at, Evan, to you? I mean, it, it, to me, it's it's hard to say that they're really that dominant of a program right now when the last three years, what has Michigan State done? I mean, you make a good point. I, I think Besides winning a, a Big Ten Regular season championship. Credit them for that. Whatever. Well, what does that really mean exactly. when it comes down? It's, it's, it's a lot mean? different in college football and college basketball when it comes down to winning a, a Big Ten, you know, regular season title, right? I mean, I mean, shoot, even in football at this point, if you're a Michigan State, if you're Ohio State, Michigan, even though we know they're not championship caliber, what's expected? Get to the college football playoff. That's expected every year now. You want that. You don't just want the Big Ten championship. You want the college football playoff. I think it's just an interesting team overall. I mean, Michigan State, they they did have a pretty tough. You know, non-conference schedule. I mean, you look at them playing Kansas, UCLA, Texas, and Louisville as well, and then now things kind of settle down. Yeah, you have Iowa, but besides that, I mean, Rutgers and, and Green Bay and, and Oakland University, some easier schools there to kind of cap things off. You know, before you jump into to the true conference play, I know you have Rutgers and Iowa, but that doesn't really mean conference play because you're not really there where it's all consistent. Yeah, I get you. You get my point. I think, I think really this team is going to find out a lot about themselves. When they go play Rutgers, when they play Iowa at home, and you got Florida, and you got Green Bay, and you have Oakland and Northern Illinois, those are games that you're supposed to win. I mean, you are supposed to beat Green Bay, Oakland, and Northern Illinois, and I think that's where you're going to figure out what this team is really about. I mean, right? I mean, isn't that the thought process, though? I mean, you're playing these teams that you're supposed to be able to take care of, and you're not able to get the job done. Let's go against weaker opponents. Let's take on Green Bay, Oakland, Northern Illinois, and see how they do. And I think you're going to learn a lot about Michigan State and like what they have, too. And also, say those games all are blowouts. Then you're going to get to finally understand a little bit about what this bench is actually all about as well. I mean, who, who do they really have that, that goes a little bit deeper than, than Langford and Ward and Winston? I mean, who, who are the next guys up that are going to really make a difference? Because I mean, when, it were, comes down to, when it comes down to March, though, those are the guys that have got to step up. They were missing Matt McQuaid in this game, and, and Aaron's, Aaron's had to you know come in and play for them and step up and make a, a big game, and he did. He played very well in his absence, but... That's still not an excuse for me of why they didn't win this game. I still think they had a lot more talent. Louisville's not a good team this year. They already have a couple losses. They haven't looked like the program that they've been since all the Rick Pitino stuff went down. I mean, that's a huge win for the first-year coach there, but, I mean, 
Tom Izzo, I mean, these are the kind of games you got to win. I mean, when you have recruits that they have that Michigan State has coming in year after year, they do. And, and you talk about how, you know, some of these games coming up could prove a lot and whatever else. I, I just want to see how they compete when it when it really matters and when it's big games like this. I mean, it's just, you know, they have they, – Michigan State shows spurts. I mean, I don't think there's a team in the country um, that you could talk about like Michigan State because simply they, they at times will literally look like the best team in the country. When they get off running hot and they can't like be slowed down, they look like they're going to be great. But then when it comes to these times, they have they'll have ten plus turnovers in, in the in one half, and and it's just confusing. And, like, and it's what? just like, it, where and it's that been that way for three years. I mean, it, it's it's hard it's hard to find a consistency with Michigan State basketball right now, and it's continued in this year. And you know, you keep thinking it's going to go away. And I thought the reason that it would go away this year is because there's no more superstar ball in Michigan State. There's there's a team that can maybe actually make themselves into a team and be better in that way, and it's just. It's not showing. The same kind of problems keep coming up, and to me, that's on Tom Izzo. He's got to figure out a way to get more out of these guys so they don't falter. And they're going to get Iowa, and Rutgers is not a bad team. Rutgers is not a bad basketball team, folks. I know everybody wants to hate them or hit them, whatever else. Last year, they made a little bit of noise in the Big Ten tournament. They're 5-1 and one earlier this year. They had a pretty big win the other day in the ACC tournament and the ACC Big Ten Challenge. They're a good team. They beat Miami, and I and they're going to give Michigan State everything that they can handle on the road. So, so coaching, these right? Are That's kind of what it comes down yeah, to then? Yeah, this is a point in the season right now where Tom Izzo needs to look at himself and look at his guys and say, what are you guys made of? Like, Can we can we get enough out of this team to actually be where we're supposed to be, a top-10 team in the country? I mean, they're not going to be after this week, but in theory, they're supposed to be a top-10 team. Haven't seen it yet this year. Haven't seen it. And, I mean, if you can give me a better argument and you know, let me know, tweet at me, say whatever you want to say, and – Come back at me with something, but right now in in this state, it's been Michigan basketball the past few years, and it definitely has not been Michigan State. You know it's gonna be fun though. February twenty fourth and Feb- and March 9th. I mean, you look at four games for Michigan State. It's a four game span. They play Michigan twice time this season. That's gonna be a hell of a ride. I for sure. I when agree. that when that when it comes down to who's making it, who's not. I mean, seeding, this is like Christmas oh. for me. I love college basketball. I know man. you do. I love I every minute of it. I like all the drama, and I can't wait till conference play actually starts to get going because not that the non-conference hasn't been fun. I mean, both teams this year from Michigan, Michigan State, they both had a, a lot of good games. The Chippewas, they've, they've had some good games. I'm excited to see how they do against TCU tomorrow night. So I'm getting my fill of college basketball for sure. So the Pistons. Oh, God. We got to talk about them, don't we? The Pistons. I think so. That's part of is Isn't that part of the show today? This is no? part of the show today. Yeah. Because, I mean, honestly, like, how can you avoid talking about it when they keep playing the way they've been playing? I mean, we're a show that talks about all the all the teams in Michigan, really, outside of CMU, because it's supposed to be that way. But when it it's comes sick to. It's sick love. It, <laughs> it's toxic love. The Pistons, seven of their last nine. I mean, we, we talked about it last week. We talked about how, you know, what team would be better between them and the Red Wings, who would be the team that comes out and, you know, really can show that they can. Set it apart. We both agreed that it'd probably be the Pistons. I don't think anything's changed um, coming in this week. I think that the Detroit Pistons have proved they're still an impressive team. Um, you know, they they go out and beat New York, who was on a three game winning streak uh, when they when they came to the Palace, and the Pistons beat them one fifteen to one hundred eight, one eighteen to one hundred seven against the Suns, who are a good young and upcoming team. Um, they 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 beat them. The Rockets, the Rockets. I mean, haven't we talked? But this is a stretch. I mean, yeah, surely they took their lumps a little bit. They lost a. Uh, you know Houston on the road, and but they only lost by two. I mean, I think there's a lot to show here for you know where the Pistons are. These wins are impressive, man. I mean, you're talking Houston, Phoenix, and New York all in a row. Teams that have, I mean, they're pretty good. Pistons beat them, and they beat them by getting more offense, not just like a false game where one team couldn't hit a basket. Like they outscored them, and the only loss they had was by two points. It's like 
honestly, for me, man, from the outside looking in as a fan of just sports in general, I'm speechless. I mean, Pistons fans, I hate to break it to you, man, but you are caught in a bad romance. Why are they caught in a bad romance? It feels good. Looks good, right? I mean, I mean, things things look good. They're up. They're up, they're on the up, man. They Everything's are. good. Everything's good. And then, boom, bad romance. You're in love, but it's just not good. It's just not good for you because it's just not going to be good enough. It's going to fall, man. It's going to fall. Wow, Andy. Interesting take. Get with it, man. Detroit basketball. They're proving it to me right now. It's on the it's on the paper in front of me. It's. It's, they're it's, they're it, beating it, the it, it what, what, well last year. Let's let's take it back. Last year they're not beating the Houston Rockets, ever when they play the Houston Rockets. This year they damn near beat them twice. Last two wins are against Phoenix and New York. New York's a good team, buddy. Right, Go look right, at the record. Right, right, look right, at the record right now. They right won three games in a row coming into that. I believe they're a fifteen and it's like seven or something like that team. Right before that they beat Cleveland. Okay, yeah, sure. Cleveland sucks, but you got to play the bad teams. They took care of business. I don't know, man. It's I'm impressive sorry. to me. They beat beat the Hawks. I mean, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> whoop de woo. You beat the Rockets. Woo! You that, did it. That's impressive. That's a team that I mean almost took down Golden State last year. Probably should have. Andy, man, I think you're getting too far ahead of yourself. I don't think I am. Y- your only true quality win is against the Rockets, and then the 76 at the very beginning of the year. But I mean, they they lost to the Celtics twice. They lost to the 76ers the second time that they played them. They lost to, to Charlotte. They lost to Houston once. I mean, yeah, the, you beat Toronto. Cool. You beat them by two. That's a game that next time you're probably going to lose. It'll go down to the wire again, and I, and I feel like that's a game you lose. But back-to-back games against Houston, who's one of the best teams in the league, and they put together two good games. I don't I mean, know, man. Houston I, isn't playing that good of basketball either. I mean, they're, they're – I mean, I understand they have playmakers, but they're nine and eleven on the season right now. Yeah, but I mean it's been rough. They're, they still have stars, and I give it to you. Yeah, it's. Just... I don't know, man. I, I just think <laughs> maybe you're not in a bad romance yet, but maybe you just think that. It's I'm not so saying good this team's right gonna now. even go out and win a playoff series. I know, but but here's what I'm trying to tell you is, like I said, maybe it's not that toxic fan to team relationship that I'm I'm thinking it is right now. Maybe it's more of a hey. Be aware of what could be toxic. I think yeah. that's kind of more what I, where I'm coming I from, I guess. But still, it, it, man, it, it very well could because it we can saw, turn so south so quick. That's basketball. Basketball is a game of runs. That's basketball. Pistons basketball. But Andy. there's a difference. <laughs> yeah, there is a big sure. difference. But okay. just like Lions football, but we're not even going to go there today. They win. They win four games start the year. They lose five in a row after that. But now it's been an, this has been an impressive stretch, Evan. Seven wins over nine games. That is the consistency we said we wanted to see. Right now, all I can say is what they're doing. And right now, they're winning games that I know damn well they would not have won at the end of last year. Okay. And it's, it's starting to make Blake Griffin look like it was the right move. It's starting to make them look like a team with two big guys like that, with him and Drummond, can actually win games in this league. I mean, it's it's there. And I know it's early and teams turn it on and the, and the, the true stardom and everything usually starts to show towards the end of the year, and I could be very wrong. But I think this Pistons team, I, I would almost put my life on it. They're going to make the playoffs this year. They they look that good. He's betting his life. They look that good. They look that good. They're impressive to me. They they win time and time again. You know, I mean, my life's not worth much anyway, as it is. You know that. But whoa, I, I, whoa, <laughs> whoa! Not, not trying to say it. Not trying to just just trying to say like you know, no one really cares about me. I'm just a 
I'm just a reporter, right? I care about you. Oh, good. I'm glad. I mean, pe- that. people that are <laughs> lately, at least, people that are surrounded <laughs> CMU don't like us. No, no, they don't. They don't. They don't like us at all. But no, I, I'm just, I'm just saying that you know that whatever, whatever it's worth, my take. These guys can win some basketball right. games. You like Andy? Yeah. He shrugged. He shrugged. He, he doesn't know. It's our producer. <laughs> he said, he said yeah. So nevertheless, I, a, a couple people like me. At least the people that you know have to work with me and are forced to be in the same room with me, they like me. But nevertheless, that, that's it for the Pistons. We're, we'll see where they keep going. you got to see more of a sample size, I think, before you could really break it all down. But Pistons are a good team. People don't care about me. That, that's where we're at with all this topic. So we'll finish up the podcast now with our stud and duds. Evan, who is your stud this week? Yeah, so my stud this week, um, I know Bonamigo got fired, but. Ah, uh, rough. CMU football product is actually my stud this week. Sean Bunting, a junior cornerback, you know, back from actually my home area. He went to um, he went to Chippewa Valley High School in Clinton Township, so right around the same area that I'm from. And he decided to skip his senior season and enter the NFL draft. Bold move, man. I think he's a he's a sleeper. Sure, he's a sleeper type of guy, and and I like the move. I think it's Sean- I think it's bold. I think it's confident. I think it's it's definitely a, a move that you make when you have a lot of faith in yourself, and he's got it, man. So kudos to him. He's my stud, making the decision to go, sticking with it, trusting his gut, and let's see where he goes with it. Yeah, Sean Bunting was always a good guy whenever I talked to him, so I definitely wish him the best. Uh, my stud is going to be Glenn Robinson, who plays for the Detroit Pistons, kind of keeping it in that route. little uh, meeting between the, the 2013 Michigan basketball team that kind of went all the way to the championship. Between It, it was him, and then on the, on the next team it was Burke and Hardaway. Uh, Robinson does the job, gets the win there with his team. So I give him a stud performance for that. I think it, it takes a lot. And, and to see those guys all back on the same floor, it's kind of brought back the memories from that season when Michigan basketball really eclipsed um, and kind of made it fun to watch basketball overall in the state again instead of it just being Michigan State dominant. So I always like to see guys when they meet with each other, one person plays better than the other. I think sometimes that adds a little bit of extra edge, and Glenn Robinson played well in that game. So he's my stud. Evan, who's your dud? Yeah, so my dud – I mean, it's not even like a weekly dud. I know that's what we like to do. But my dud is literally just like a seasonal dud. Sorry. But um, Florida State, jeez. I mean, like, holy crap. <laughs> like, holy crap. You sucked this year. And I'm just going to be honest. I- I'm not even going to try to What was their final record? Five and seven. Willie Taggart took him to five and seven this year. That's five and seven. Took him down there, maybe. I mean, like, holy crap, do you ever suck? <laughs> I'm not holding back. I'm Obviously not holding not. back. That is that is just, I mean, you beat Samford, and not Stanford, Samford. Like the word Sam and then Ford truck put together. Here you go. It is just, oh my gosh. Are you ready for the seven? It, what? Are you ready for this? What? For the first time on a sportsmanlike conduct. I will have two duds this week because that's how bad things have been lately. So things have been worse <laughs> than only. I mean, I mean, I, I gotta have two duds. Worse. Okay, so so it so hang on. Let me ask you. Your dud or your two duds? It's worse <laughs> than Florida State beating Sam and a Ford truck smashed together Samford I, and being able to brag about that win as one of their. Top wins this season. I don't know, man. I I don't know if it's worse than that, but I can tell you one thing. Definitely making Matt Stafford feel like some crap because he is my dog this week. 
just when you guys thought you were going to get the Lions out of this podcast, I'm bringing them right back into it. Screw because you. Because <laughs> they're playing against a backup quarterback, okay? You just got to think about the analytics of this, the money side of this, everything else. Playing against a backup quarterback in the Bears. Made a couple starts in his career. Matt Stafford has a chance after his defense gets burned again and gives up the lead. Or not gives up the lead, but they have a little bit of a lead. Try to put it away. He throws a pick six on Thanksgiving Day, playing against the backup quarterback. Gives his other team the lead. I was then eating my not, turkey and I threw up. Then does he not only get the ball back and take his team all the way down the field to give the Lions fans hope. And what does he do? Throws a horrible pass in the end zone for another interception that seals the game. You're talking about a franchise quarterback that literally lost the game for his team. He's the second highest paid quarterback in the league. He lost the game for his team to a backup quarterback to the Chicago Bears. That's a dud. If, if there's not a dud, I don't know what else is. Matt Stafford, pathetic. Lions, pathetic. I will not bring them up on this podcast again this year unless something detrimental happens, someone gets fired, or it's a recap of the whole season. I would say that's a wrap to the podcast, but isn't there another dud? There is another dud. There is Shoot. another dud. It is the it is the college football playoff selection committee. It's just so all you guys know that think we're Michigan Slappies or whatever else, gangs. I think Evan's in complete agreement with we're me. We're not. Michigan's think, not that good. <laughs> I think if any, anybody else wants to say it, what a joke that they are so ranked number seven in the country. I mean, because essentially, okay, and I'm not saying that this would happen. The committee could definitely select a different team. They could put UCF ahead of Michigan finally, like it should be right now, in my opinion. I mean, that's a, that's a program that's won 20-plus straight games. Why are they not ahead of Michigan if they just got the doors blown off of them by a team that was behind them? But – the number seven in the country, if Ohio State loses to Northwestern, if Oklahoma loses to Texas, which they lost to Texas this year, and if Georgia loses to Alabama, which, I mean, that's probably going to happen, Michigan would be the team right now in the rankings that is technically behind those three teams that would be slotted up to number four. If it just went up and no one moved, Michigan would be the fourth-ranked team in the country and go to the college football playoff. That is unbelievable to me that that is even a possibility. <laughs> I mean, I I don't even know what to say. I mean, honestly, another team will probably jump them, I think, if that you know, nightmare of a scenario were to actually happen, if that craziness went down this weekend, probably won't. But if it did, I think UCF should make the jump. I think they already should have this week, though. I think there's plenty of teams that should be ranked ahead of Michigan after that performance because it clearly showed that they weren't the team that they showed to be all year against a weak Big Ten conference, so. Those are my two duds. I'm finally done raging at you guys, but there was a lot to bring in because there's a lot of negativity on this podcast, a lot of good stuff as well. We appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you follow us um, at CM Life. You guys can get the podcast there. You can go to SoundCloud, iTunes, all that good stuff. Evan, what's your app? Just my name. So simple. Evan Petzold. Mine is at Andy underscore McDonald 23 because unfortunately there is a lot of people with the name Andy McDonald in this world. I'm lucky. Including a uh, including a professional hockey player. So I like it when people get that confused, think I'm like rich or something. It's always good. Hey, you the hockey player, dude? That's it. All right. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening. That could make me realize I'm a